0: Welcome to the official after show for the ARK. I am Yell Teagle. I am so excited. We have so much to show you today. We're gonna to talk about this episode and of course we're gonna show you some behind-the-scenes looks. We're gonna show you some exclusive interviews with the cast and creators. Don't go anywhere. We've got a full show for you. This is the official after show for the ARK. Hello and welcome to After the Arc, the official after show for The Arc. I am Yael Teagle. And I'm Adrian Snow. Adrian, Yep. This episode...
1: It's finally happening.
0: It was so fun. I know. There are a few things you, like, you want in sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, like, specific episodes. Hallucinations. Hallucinations all the way. Time loops. Right? I feel... No comment. Okay. I have a feeling. You have a feeling that we're... I do. Okay. Yeah. The drought is over. The engines are on. People are, are clean. They smell good. I was... I I assumed from the get mm-hmm. that it was the water.
1: I, in my notes, went plants giving off gas to create them, a of the happening. Okay. And I went the ice crystals like the, oh. the acid crystals and I was like drugs in the water from the the rave and then I finally went oh comet water make you crazy <laughs> like, and that was the very last note and it was right I like uh, your
0: evolution
1: notes. like it was just like what is this is it the plants <laughs> um at first I was like oh okay it's just Strickland maybe he's having some crisis and then Kat was like, it's cabin fever. And I was like, I really hope it's not just cabin fever. Right. Like, that's kind of lame. And then we get to, I think the next person to have a hallucination It was Lane. And I knew, oh, it was something wrong with, like, everyone and it must be the common water when it was Lane. Because I was like, there's no way Bryce would say any of that or <laughs> be, like, so devious in his desire to take down Garnet. Um, also it didn't like make me like Lane more that that was his hallucination
0: yes (laughs) like yeah Lane everyone else's hallucination as Kabir points out is tied to a fear or a fantasy exactly Lane what is your fear or fantasy his fantasy is just murdering is murdering Garnett like that is his fantasy I'm I I worry I worry about him he's dude
1: he's dark man he's a dark dude
0: Lane confronts uh, Garnett with this video, yeah. which makes her seem like a suspect. Uh, and then luckily, she reveals to Strickland what the truth is yeah. that she is a clone.
1: Um, I did find it interesting that they decided to go with tardigrade DNA. I feel like a lot, it's also a bit of a sci fi bingo because people love to be like, tardigrades,
0: because they're. Tell me about this.
1: A tardigrade is like a microscopic being that looks essentially like a bear but with like a like a like an anteater face like it has no eyes and it's just like it has like this weird section thing they're real cute <laughs> like, um but it's also something that's like very very tiny and so to extract tardigrade dna i imagine to be very it would work in terms of being like something that could inject into her or like affect her on a very much like molecular dna level so like a lot of times sci-fi will just use it because it's like something that's very vague to us in current day that we can kind of like do whatever we want with it <laughs>
0: yep well thank you for you're that. welcome <laughs> i learned so much um well yeah so she we learned she's a clone she tells strickland strickland is willing to keep that a secret yep. Um, Ultimately, she tells Kabir... Exactly. ...who goes, duh. I already know. That's, I think, the best part.
1: Well, the flashback... So they had a younger Dr. Hall on the flashback, and I was like, am I crazy or is that the same guy? (laughs) Is his hair different? And so it was nice to have that confirmation of, like, Kabir's hallucination is Dr. Hall, um, basically playing into all of her, her insecurities about being a doctor and can she handle it. And I was afraid that because she is currently taking drugs that she was just like gonna roll with the hallucination sure and not call it out and I was like you can't have a doctor not call out the fact that she's hallucinating somebody she knows very well is dead um so when she immediately calls it out versus being like I guess going with the flow of it like with Lane makes sense because Bryce is there right. but you know with Strickland you're kind of like what's happening but
0: but Lane accepting that Bryce is there and not questioning that Bryce he was like that he's gone crazy he was like "Uh, I mean maybe maybe that's a little tough. maybe that's a little too extreme yeah except that's what you want
2: yeah
1: that's what you want exactly like well that's the thing like it's like it's calling out his own like viciousness and he's acknowledging that it's like a bit too much right but he doesn't connect that it's also very much what he does uh huh um yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Blaine. Um Let's let's discuss what Angus sees.
1: That I was not expecting. And uh, <laughs> I have a, a very vivid imagination, but I was not expecting him to be like into like hot garnet. It, it, at least to like his credit, he immediately goes, oh, you're my boss and that's gross. Uh, yeah. But thank you for the idea of like, it's definitely the comet water and we can work with that.
0: I agree. I loved that interaction. Mm -hmm. Um, I think seeing uh, Garnett, who who has seemed very much up until that moment, to be a very asexual character. Yeah. To then see her be a very sexual character. Yeah. Which he clearly was like, this is not right. Mm -hmm, Not not just because she's the boss, but like, this isn't her. Yeah, it's
1: a different outfit. It's like a whole different thing (laughs) of like, she's, you know, done up and... She's in heels randomly, like, you know.
0: Sure, that's what you wear when you garden. Yeah,
1: you garden garden in heels in a, a black cat suit, 100%. <laughs> um, and then we have Alicia, which uh, in my notes I said, black mama's going to black mama. <laughs> and so she gets her as a hallucination, yes. basically telling her to stop messing with men and to focus on her goals. And I was like, I feel that.
0: I, yes, um, (laughs) as the child of immigrants, I felt that as well. That's also a thing, yeah. I I was like, oh, yeah, like this explains, she has four masters. Yeah, you don't get to take a break. No, you You don't don't get to talk to a man. No, I mean, she revealed that, you know, she's never been with anyone before. She's never fallen in love. And now we are like, and here's why. (laughs) Yeah. Who's got got time for that? I get it, I get
1: it. It was nice to see on the other end of that, I was not crazy about Trent and his hallucination.
0: Yes. We've talked a little bit about how the relationship between Trent and Ingram was um, icky, as you said. Yeah. Um, It's uncomfortable. It's unprofessional. There's a power dynamic. There's an age difference. There's lots of things that are not good, it's not healthy. And then they play
1: into it, too, where it, uh, he asks, he questions, like, Did you sleep with me just to get me to be a part of your
3: secret mission?
1: So he was sus and weird, and I was right. <laughs> and I feel good about that. Let's talk about
0: Ava and her...
1: So she got the one nice hallucination. She was like, I've been waiting. Yeah, she's like, here we go. <laughs> Some shower time. <laughs> um it was nice that Ava got the one nice hallucination because she's probably struggled maybe a little bit more than everyone else. <laughs> like a, sure. Um, in terms of being outwardly traumatized at the top. I'm sure everyone's like suffering some type of trauma from sure, the experience. But, but she's
0: literally been grieving since we met her. Exactly. So I I feel like there was such a risk in her hallucination. Because if it is tied to fear or fantasy, mm-hmm. there is a 50-50 shot that she just had to keep watching him die. Oh. Right? Like, we talked about how she probably feels a little bit of responsibility just because yeah. when you are grieving, you feel guilt for nothing all the time. Yeah.
1: And then, like, the suits. Yeah. Not so having the oxygen. Not yeah. having
0: the oxygen. So the fact that she got a pleasant hallucination. Yeah. I'm so glad. she didn't want
1: to let go of it. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, where hallucinations, I think, really work, where people get to, like, process it through the hallucination. Mm-hmm. Um, those are some of my favorite sci-fi episodes when they're like, okay, I can, like, let go of this. Or, oh, okay, I can admit that I love you through hallucinations. So what would you say are your top three wow moments of episode four?
0: Okay, so the big wow moments of episode four are... <laughs> All the hallucinations. I'm all claiming hall- all of them as my biggest wow. <laughs> all moments. the hallucinations? Yes, because the hallucinations not only gave us more insight into each character, mm-hmm. but were fun to see. Yeah. Um, and we got to see everybody kind of be a little bit different. Yeah. So that was like my biggest wow moment of the whole thing is all the hallucinations. Do you have one that you think was most wow?
1: Um. I think the reveal of Strickland's husband was like mm-hmm. a big wow moment for me. Uh. Sometimes I don't know what people are going to do like on... On shows with like LGBT characters, and I appreciated that it was Strickland that was revealed to be an LGBTQIA character, uh, just because sometimes, a lot of times, I think we veer towards women instead of men, and so having a, a gay man and like in a position of power and a position of security was really nice to see.
0: Uh, I totally agree. Uh, I think also um, seeing Garnett in Angus's hallucination. Yes. That
1: was wow. The alternate version of Garnett. That was a big wow moment, too. I liked
0: that. Um, and then the other big wow moment for me in this episode is that Garnett is a clone. Yes. Huge wow.
1: Yeah. was not expecting that. Thought twins, you know? Right. Definitely thought twins. So it was nice to see that they're going, like, much more sci-fi with that choice than kind of, like, standard, oh, yeah, she's just a twin. She's just a triplet. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So also another wow moment would probably be Angus realizing that the acid is, like, not an element from Earth. Mm. That's a big thing of, like, okay, well, now we're getting into, like, alien territory, which I really appreciate.
0: All right. Well, there's still so much more to this episode, and we are going to talk to some of the cast of this episode, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. After the big reveal, you know I had to sit down with Christy Burke to talk about it.
4: That whole storyline, um, so exciting I mean that's why I did the show not I didn't know that secret but I remember reading the pilot just going like oh I have so many questions for this character um, and I, I want all the answers and I get kind of obsessive when I read pilots that are very mysterious and ask all these questions but give you no answers and so I remember when I was in the callback I was like yeah you know and she's like this and this and this and Dean was like just <laughs> smiling giving me nothing I'm like no but like I need as a as an audience member. I need I need the answers. That secret is and the monologue that she gives to Strickland is very. Was um, what I based the whole character off of, you know, was this idea of we're dealing with a woman who's like in the pilot who's dealing with grief mm-hmm. on multiple magnitudes. You know, that's not something you just get over. Right. Um, but she, even though is going through grief, is still fighting. For survival to get the mission, you know, get them where they need to go, kind of thing. That those little secrets and that inner inner life of her is probably some of my favorite stuff.
0: When did you find out about the clone? Because we get the name Denise in the first episode. Yeah. We don't find out that it's a clone yeah. and not just a twin.
4: Yeah, so when I showed up to Serbia, which I found out like 24 hours before I was on a flight, that then I, you know, that I got the part, and then I'm on a, like, 24 hours later, I'm on a flight going, I'm meeting Dean, like, the next day, I think, and he, like, you know, sat us all down and told all of us secrets privately, privately to then not tell each other so that was also really cool like it was like the detective in me was like ooh whose secret is what you know um, so I found out pretty early him and Jonathan Glasner you know told me you know she has a sister she's the clone mm-hmm. and that um, Garnett has this darkness to her as well which is probably what she feels is her sis- like her sister's issue which I thought was really cool because you know, I think we all have that, um, we have these reactions in real life where we go, oh, that's my mom or that's my dad. And depending on if you have a great relationship with them or not, it might be something that you don't like about yourself, you know, and it might be something that makes you very shameful. And I felt like I could really relate to this idea of having a darkness within you that. You don't really understand and you're scared to be, be a different version of yourself that maybe is quite toxic or volatile. Not that I'm that, but I think I could, I could understand what that might feel like, you know, dealing with that, um, unknown secret. And so there's also this like idea of identity and will anyone accept me being that outcast, you know, and, um, yeah, I just, that's the, that's why I do it.
0: I am sitting down with the writer of this episode, Rebecca Rosenberg. Hello. Hi. Hi. Um, (laughs) This episode is one of my favorites. The episode is titled We Weren't Supposed to Be Awake, which is a cat line. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed that Cat was the one who was like, no, it's fine. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Everyone's hallucinating. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not fine, Cat.
2: No, it's definitely not fine. Um, But I think as like We've seen through the beginning of the show, especially, like, the show's about people trying to reach their potential, and Kat's not quite there yet. (laughs) Uh, She's still, like, figuring out what it means to be thrown into this position of, like, being the onboard therapist, even though she's not necessarily, like, fully qualified to be doing that job. She still wants to prioritize herself over everyone else, and I think part of what she's realizing in this episode, through her hallucinations, too, is that she maybe isn't doing the job that she's supposed to be doing. You know, she got on the ship because she was trying to escape <laughs> right. what was happening on Earth, and she didn't expect to have to take on that responsibility.
0: Sure, but she does, like, have the skills and knowledge. Yes, it's right? just
2: it's just living up to that responsibility mm. and also, like, being willing to do it. <laughs> like, right. I, think, I think that's the thing with a lot of the characters in the show is, like they all have to step up in ways that they didn't expect. And Mm. some people are more apt to stepping up. Like Garnett immediately wanted to step up to a leadership role. Angus immediately wanted to step up and figure out, like, how can we feed people? Because it's what he likes to do. (laughs) She's like, I want to take a shower. (laughs) Like in the pilot, she's like, I would like my hygiene to remain good.
0: Yeah. I want to talk about Kabir for a second. Yeah. yeah. Because this episode, you know, Dr. Kabir is her... Drug use is getting a little out of control, and she thinks she's hallucinating because she's on drugs. Mm -hmm. Tell me about writing that story.
2: Yeah, that story was we we kind of knew that that's where she was going to go because she's been thrown into arguably one of the hardest roles on the ship. Like they woke up and tons of people were injured, hurt. They had an air problem (laughs) right away. Like she's just and she's had to take on every medical issue over and over again, and there's no one else to help her. So we knew that she was going to be driven over the edge um, pretty quickly. Um, We decided to go with, you know, exploring what that drug issue looks like because it felt like a natural place for her character to go. She has access to it. She's overwhelmed. And like, this is a different setting than I feel like we've seen that story before. We didn't want to repeat what people have already seen before. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think in this episode, we start to get to see some of, like, her backstory with her mentor and what her expectations were coming into the ship and what her role should have been if she had had help, you know? Um, So I think it's cool that we really got to, you know, get into the emotional side of why she's doing this. I think I definitely wrote it with... The intention for them to have a mentor mentee relationship, mm-hmm. and I think there is like a lightness to that sometimes. Like it's not it's not totally serious, but at the same time they're dealing with serious issues, right? For sure. So I wanted them to be able to kind of dig at each other a little bit, mm. um, but in a way that's he's pushing her to get to the answer. Like it's it's her subconscious, so it's leading her in the right direction. Um, So it's a little bit her projection of him, like her memory of him, Mm -hmm. as well as what their relationship might have actually been like in the past.
0: Yeah. uh, Speaking of characters and their subconscious getting to the answer, right? Like this episode has Angus through a fantasy (laughs) Garnett (laughs) realizing that it's the water. Yes. And then I love the way that like Angus says water. And that gets Kabir to like, this is the problem. Mm-hmm. And then she's out and Alicia's got to fi- like it. Yeah. They yeah. just pass the baton. Yes.
2: It's putting the puzzle pieces together one at a time so that they can figure it out. Um, writing the Angus Garnett stuff was also really fun because um, it's like he has a crush on her and he hasn't acted on it. He hasn't like he's just it. He, we're, we're actually seeing it now. So and they, I think they both acted it great. I absolutely adored writing this one. I thought the hallucination stuff was really fun. I loved having Strickland's husband showing up and the in the tux and I I loved um Kat's hallucination. They were all just like so much fun to, to
0: write. Yeah, why why was Robert in a tux?
2: We we wanted to make sure that um, Robert stood out from the crowd. Mm. Like, that was the main... We, and we were trying to figure out how can we make sure that everyone knows this isn't just another crew member. Why does he have a baby? And the idea is, like, the hallucinations are playing on people's memories. And so it's a memory of them at a formal event or something. Okay. Like their wedding, you know? Um, and so... We just thought it was a nice touch to have it feel a little extra out of place.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. All right, everybody, I'm going to show you the bridge of the Ark. I'm so excited. Let me explain how this all works. Here we have um, a chair and buttons. You know what? I'm going to bring on somebody who knows this ship. Why don't we bring in um, Mr. Lieutenant Bryce. Hello. Hello. Tell us about the ship. Tell right. us about the bridge. Let the
5: expert take over. Please, right. please, please. Here, we have a chair, <laughs> and we have some buttons. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. This is so. This is Ava's, Ava Markovic, who's the chief engineer. Mm-hmm. She sits here. That's my chair, you can see, just there. So we have me, Garnet's on the other side, giving out the orders, Ava. Then we have Alicia sitting here, being all geniusy and working stuff out. Right. These are the two most important uh, <laughs> keys on the ship. One says more rock, and one says less rock. And depending on the day and the time and your mood, you just (laughs) don't know how much rock you're gonna need in your life. And that key will sort you out.
0: So this station has, I feel like, the most
5: uh, stuff. She's the genius, so (laughs) she's working stuff out all the time. You know, again, not sure. (laughs) (laughs) What's the answer to that, Mm Alicia? Not sure. So yeah, she's over here being all brilliant and stuff. I'm generally over there, flying but uh, sure. that's about it, it's my contribution. <laughs> if you look out there, see the vastness of space.
0: What do you imagine when you're looking at the green screen?
5: Good question. Generally, we'll have to pick a spot or there's someone holding a green tennis ball if it's like, if it's like, we're watching something, there's some guy. you know, it's all very high tech. <laughs> and uh, so that's kind of what we do. And then obviously when you get to see the rendering later on, you get to see what they've actually done. It's amazing. And sometimes you forget, because you forget what you were going through at the time. You're seeing it all finished. And it's so easy to forget what, you know, the stages that it took to get there. Yeah. But um, it's great fun. I mean, it, ha- it obviously has its issues. It has its problems because sometimes you're just like, what? What am I doing? You know, And they're like, ah, and it's blowing up now. He's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's part of the fun, that's the job, and that's, um, yeah, it's been a real thrill. <laughs> this is the ready room. And the ready room is where we go and we sort of plan what we're going to do. This is Garland's chair. This is where she sits to uh, give us all orders. This is Ava, and this is me. The problem with these chairs, you might be able to see now. Yeah, that's the problem So <laughs> So it doesn't look very formal.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for giving us a tour. No,
5: you're, you're welcome.
0: Here's more from our chat with the stars of the show. I am sitting down with Miles Barrow, and we are very, very intent on talking about what's going on with Trent and Alicia. Miles, hello.
3: Hello, hello. How you doing?
0: I'm so good. I gotta talk about this this blossoming love, this little ship that is setting sail. Um yep. what can you tell me about, you know, working with Stacy and and building this relationship?
3: Yeah, firstly working with Stacey was was beautiful. I think we we got on really well. She just embodied the character. If you meet Stacy, I don't know if you've met her yet. If you meet her as a person, she is the character. She is it's <laughs> it's it's crazy, you know, the kind of innocence and the the kind of endearing quality that she has just is her in herself. I mean, in the relationship, well, <laughs> it comes kind of out of the blue. I don't think either of us are kind of expecting it and neither, I don't think uh, Stacey's character is expecting it at all, to be honest. So I think it's quite a surprise for who's watching. It's a surprise for myself. It's a surprise for her. I really do like her, but because of my relationship with Susan and my thoughts of why I'm on the ship in the first place, I'm in this kind of internal battle of oh, I really like this person but I've got this kind of mission to complete so I'm pulled in all these kind of different different ways so it's it's difficult um for for Trent massively.
0: Well you say that Stacy is very much like Alicia and I totally agree um yeah, how yeah. similar are you
3: to Trent? I mean I wouldn't say I'm so similar but I think there's elements I think whenever I'm sort of studying for a character or playing a character, there's elements of myself that I want to bring into it. So I think his battle, his, his internal battle that I was saying of, of, of wanting to be honest or wanting to put on this facade. And I think just in society, I think naturally putting on the facade, we will do it <laughs> and wanting to be authentically ourselves. And I think it sort of comes across in in Trent on a greater scale because I mean, you know, he's lost his family. Um, I haven't lost anyone, luckily. Um, he's lost his family. He's on this ship. He's in love, you know? And I think in terms of how he loves i think i can relate to relate to that and i think his attachment to people i think i can get quite attached to people and i can fall in love really quickly um so i think those elements 100% are are, are with me <laughs> um
0: i also have noticed uh trent speaks with i would say uh, an american
3: accent yeah um and you you do not <laughs> I do not speak with an american accent i'm from london london town born and bred um, and Trent, I was planning from from sort of New York, um, somewhere in New York, uh, because it's all set in the future. It's difficult to kind of place place it. So you, you just got to kind of make the decisions for each of our characters, really. And because all of our characters are from everywhere, all over the world, um, it's not a specific culture. It's not a specific um, like dialect. And who knows in the future, dialect may change. Um, so hopefully, my American accent was good enough. <laughs> otherwise I'll use the excuse that, you know, it's in the future. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I th- I felt, I felt that he was American. Um, good, good, good.
3: There we go. I did a good job. <laughs> yeah.
0: Was it written that way or was that a choice that you made on how to, how to uh,
3: it? was, it? it was written that way, but I think there was some leeway. I think had I, had I gone to Dean uh, Devlin, who's director um, and said, look, maybe what do you think of doing, you know, uh, French accent or what do you think of doing um, just any other accent? I think it would be quite, uh, It'd be quite freeing to do, and I think it's quite sort of, you know, it's a melting pot. So, yeah. But he, what it, it was, it was written uh, American.
0: I want to talk a little bit about uh, in episode four, we everyone's hallucinating, um, and Trent sees Ingram. Um, we get a little bit of teasing about the secret mission, um, and for Trent, it feels like you, you know, he's been holding secrets through four episodes now. Yeah. and here here we get a little tease without telling anybody what the secret mission is yeah. but he finds out that Alicia who is somebody he cares about and wants to get to know better at least according to his hallucination she's not the one he should be reaching out to but Lane is
3: again for Trent is he goes through so much and I think with that episode is the first time like I was saying you 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 can sort of empathize of his his pain and struggle because you know, he's fallen in love with this person. She's essentially coerced him into, into onto being in this ship and, 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 and being a part of this mission. And I'm sort of doing the same with Alicia. I'm sort of coercing her, but again, battling with, I really like this person. Perhaps that's what Susan was doing with me. But then I'm also questioning, did she really like me or am I just being, was I just being manipulated? So there's a lot of internal stuff going on, um, throughout that scene. And it was really interesting to play because, you know, it's fun to have, to not play such a sort of structured character or, or not play something that's kind of linear. And there's so much going on and there's so much the audience doesn't know. And all the kind of pain and sort of in the first episode when he's quite jittery, when, when, when they're talking about, you know, the ship dying, it all makes sense further on when you find like after that scene, you might not know what the mission is yet, but after that, seen and slowly as the episode's gone on you're, you're finding out um just just about about him about him and about his pain and his struggle
1: there's so many questions this episode so y'all went to Kosher show runner jonathan glasner for the answers
0: so this is where we get our big reveal of, about garnett being a clone was it fr- known from the beginning that she was going to be a clone? Yeah. And why is that? Why wasn't she just a twin?
6: Um, because they were, they were genetically messing with her genes. Mm-hmm. And so they needed to start when she was a baby. And, I, you know, we don't really say why, but in my mind, they didn't want to take away somebody's kids and start working on them, so they made their own kids. Huh. Um, they also wanted to pick somebody who was already genetically appropriate for what they wanted to do for space travel. Some people, you know, everybody's genes are different. Some people can't handle as much as others can in terms of oxygen oxygen deprivation or can't get as strong as other people, just genetically. So they picked, first they started with, somebody, with somebody's genes that they knew was a good starting point, and then they messed with them.
0: How much research do you do into cloning and the things, I guess, that you could mess with in genes?
6: Quite a bit, actually. Um, You can do, uh, I didn't do a whole lot on cloning, but you can do a lot to genes. I mean, we're getting to the point now already where we can, you know, make somebody stronger or choose their hair color or, and it's very controversial. And so we kind of played on how it became even more controversial. Um, I mean, I could write a whole show about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was I, w- a, it, I would watch that.
0: <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, so it's, yeah, it's uh, it's a kind of a fascinating world, and it's going to change our world. It already is. I mean, all these new cancer cures are coming out because of genetic manu- genetic engineering, and they know which genes do what, and they're learning more and more about other ones, and they're going to be able to do this stuff. And, and not long. No, it's not going to take 100 years.
0: Oh, I love that we're we're on the cutting edge in the world and on the show.
6: Yeah, that's the idea.
0: (laughs) This episode, it's such a fun episode, and we get to see uh, people coming in from, you know, the flashback, uh, like Ingram, and we get to see Dr. Hall. Um, Let's talk about Dr. Hall for a second, because that is Jonathan English. It is. Who is a producer on the show.
6: That is correct. Um, We were about to start shooting. And the actor who had been cast to play that part did not show up. And Jonathan said, "Uh, we don't think we can cast it fast enough. And we said, why don't you play it? (laughs) Um, Because he is this English gentleman who, you know, at least we know he can, you know, speak well. And he looks the part. And so we, he did it.
0: Does he have acting experience?
6: Not that I know of he may I, <laughs> not that I know of
0: that's a big
6: risk, isn't it? we well, it was that or shut down sure, so <laughs> so we we didn't have a whole lot of choice, and luckily, it worked out
0: yeah it's it's like the um <laughs> the explosion in the bathroom. You really don't have a choice, yeah you try it. <laughs>
6: yeah,
0: okay, yeah, um, and the other hallucinations was there uh, a fun discussion trying to figure out who gets to be a hallucination and why and
6: um. No, you know, we said uh, we wanted to explore the backstories of, of more of the people. Mm-hmm. And it was a cool way to do it. That's actually what generated the story. As we said, when it, you know, how can we what can we do that's cool to explore some more backstories wow. of these people? And that's what we came up with.
0: But we also get to see Angus have a uh, very inappropriate <laughs> hallucination. Um. How I mean that didn't really tell us much about his backstory.
6: No, it wasn't really about his backstory. We were we just he's. I'll tell you what happened when we were watching the pilot. Um, the way that the actor who plays Angus kept looking Ryan kept looking at Garnett. He was looking up to her as you know the commander, but it always felt like he kind of had a little schoolboy crush, right. <laughs> And we kept noticing that. So we said, let's play that. So that's that's where it came from was it was a way of showing that he's got this crush on her.
0: Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I, I love that it also, like, then turns into her helping him figure out the answer because.
6: Yeah. Which is really himself helping. Right. Yeah.
0: I am sitting down with Shalini Paris. Hello, Shalini. Hello, yeah. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, okay. In episode four, we weren't supposed to be awake. Everyone is hallucinating. And Dr. Kabir is seeing her mentor. Yeah. Um, and this mentor is played by Jonathan English, who is a producer on the show. I know. <laughs> that was an interesting experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was that like working with him? Because I've met him as a person and seeing him as a character is completely different. Obviously, Dr.
7: Hall was such a significant is such a significant figure in Dr. Kabir's life. And I always had, you know, fleshed out that relationship, but didn't have a face to attach to it. And so then I was like, I wonder who they're gonna cast. And then and then when Jonathan was like, actually, it's gonna be me. I was like, that's I was like, what? But um, but it was it was very cool because when we were on set, it wasn't like a you know, producer and and actor relationship at all. It was just two actors on set, which is really nice. But yeah, it was cool. It was definitely a first to do a scene with a producer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his character, I mean, I understand that he is Dr. Kabir's hallucination, but yeah. um, his, his choices and mannerisms and how he was so fascinated by everything going on around him. Did you not giggle while you were shooting? It seemed so silly.
7: Yeah, I did. but And also, um, he was clean shaven, and I hadn't seen him clean shaven before. And so I was kind of like, who is
0: this person? In this episode, we also get to see you being a hallucination um, from yeah. Bryce. Tell yeah. me about that. That sounded fun.
7: That was fun because... You know, I I got to kind of like be this like super cool and just kind of like this like silently intimidating kind of energy to her, which was which was kind of cool. And then kind of getting to like hold a syringe just like menacingly over his (laughs) over poor Richard. When you're reading it on the page and then the first time you rehearse it, it's a complete it. I had no kind of um, like gauge of how he was actually going to react in the scene until we rehearsed it. And then when you go to film it, it adds on another layer. So then having to maintain that while you're getting like such a strong reaction was also, was also quite interesting.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, who strapped him down? Not me. (laughs) Not me. Uh, I can't remember who it was a couple
7: it, it was a couple of the crew for sure but he's a, and richard's a strong dude so he had to be strapped in um but yeah it, it was a couple of a couple of the crew for sure and okay. like had to like double check those straps
8: i'm jonathan english i'm the producer of the arc season one my role as a producer is essentially it means i'm i'm responsible for all of the physical production of the show i mean the the preparation, the shooting of the show and the post-production. Uh, acting and producing on the arc, well my role as an actor I'm, I'm glad to say was a very small one. Um, I played Dr Edward Hall, um, it was uh, the, one of the first times I'd played a role like that uh, on a show but um, it was in my range. It was enjoyable because it gave me an opportunity to see what the production was like from, from in front of the cameras rather than always being behind. Fortunately, because it was only on one episode, I was able to balance it with all of my producing uh, responsibilities. And so far, er- everything has gone very well, both in front and behind the camera. What excites me about this series, I, I think most of all is the fact that it's very grounded. I mean, it's, uh, for us, uh, for myself, it was an opportunity to work with Dean Devlin again. We've collaborated on three seasons of The Outpost, and also a science fiction movie called The Deal um, and, and we've become very close um, collaborators with him and his company with his team uh, at Electric Entertainment and I love shows like Star Trek and Battlestar Galactica which you know has comparisons to this show um, but I think this show is more grounded it's about real people that you can relate to and connect with and um, you know it, it's about their relationships and their conflicts so it's, it's pretty gripping and it really deals with human issues and the human relationships between those characters like class, like leadership, romance, love, um, working together, uh, teamwork and um, you know the issues that we would relate to and see and recognize if we were you know, on a cruise ship, uh, for example, that was you know, trying to find an island and slowly sinking uh, to me, that, that's what I felt the script reminded me of and was a comparable when I first read the pilot. And, and I think we feel sort of intimately involved with the relationships and connections between them as they're sort of thrown these um, challenges every episode.
1: We see the characters in space, but what would the actors do in space? you found
0: out. Which cast member would be captain of your space mission?
5: At this point, it would be strange to take orders off anyone but Christy. So I think it would have to be uh, Christy Burke, Garnett.
3: Of my space mission, it would be Reese Ritchie. 'Cause Ritchie. Because he just, he's just the a man of the plan. Do you know what I mean? He just like, he knows a lot. And he's always like, whenever we like go out and stuff, he's always like, you know, like we're doing that. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, this is what we're doing and like, you know, always making sure people are alright and everything.
7: I mean, I think Christy, Christy already is like natural captain material. Like I would trust her to, to lead us, <laughs> okay.
9: for sure.
1: Oh, Christy. Yeah, she always knows what's going on. She <laughs> has the inside scoop.
9: I'd probably stick with Christy. Like, she's done really well with just organising the group at times. So if she takes that into space, Granted, like, let's just put it in a world where she definitely knows about space. Like, we <laughs> all know about space. Sure. <laughs> but definitely Christy. Like, she's always the one to organize stuff um, on the group chat. Like, let's do a line run this weekend. And, yeah, she's really good at getting the group together.
0: Which cast member would you want to captain your space mission? Mm. Reese Richie. Oh, that's cute. I was going
4: to say myself, but I feel like that's so vain. So Reese Richie.
0: I mean, I'll tell you, a lot of people said you. <laughs> so you could have said yourself you would no, have no, no. agreed with that book. for
4: sure that guy he's solid man all right
0: i am sitting down with stacy reed who plays alicia nevins hello stacy hey <laughs> um let's jump into i want to talk about episode four we weren't supposed to be awake this is the episode where everyone's hallucinating uh, yes first of all we get to see uh, alicia's mother Tell me about um, the woman who played your mother and how similar she is to your actual mother.
9: (laughs) Um, The actress herself, Ebony, she is not like my mom. (laughs) Um, But no, Ebony is so funny. Um, She was very lovely to work with. Pretty much would always just be very lively. And then I remember when we take pictures, she'd always be pulling like funny faces as well but like she was just very expressive and very free and I remember that and it was really nice that's so funny because her character was like stoic and very scary. stern yes yeah, she's she's not like her character at all <laughs> um saying that my real mum, in terms of like Alicia's mum, Grace uh with the whole, you need to be good at school, you need to be focused. I feel like it was kind of like that with my mom, because growing up in Zimbabwe, everything is very academically focused. So in that way, they are quite similar, but then I don't know what it is. As soon as I grew up and moved out, my mom's become a lot more Zen.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And in this episode, we also um, get, I think one of my it's like such a weird thing that I was like this is so cool. But we see Alicia like when she pours the the solution, the cure into the water and you were sitting up on that rig. What what was that and how high is it and what did you what did you pour?
9: I think it was just really cloudy water. <laughs> I don't know what. They just passed me a bucket and I was like okay. Um but it wasn't actually that high. It was built there was a ladder and a platform the platform itself was quite thin so like fit my body um I remember the bucket being really heavy so they were just like try and pour it slowly and I was like okay my arm is just shaking and I was like be natural be natural be happy (laughs) as my arms were like shaking I will say because We got the episodes as we went along. And I remembered when I read episode four, I literally was like, this is my favourite episode. It's still one of my favourite episodes in the series, I think. Um, Because I remember just reading it and I was like, it's so fun. Because I grew up watching like Buffy or Doctor Who. So it reminded me of one of those episodes. And I was like, this is so cool. This is so fun. Um, And seeing how, I really liked seeing how each character would hallucinate like who they would hallucinate and what that hallucination would say i found it very interesting that alicia would feel pressured (laughs) so even though her mom's not there she still feels this pressure to do well and to help people and like to fix problems and the moment she's like chilled having a date with the boy you know no issues suddenly her brain just hallucinates like yes you need to focus you need to do something you need to work (laughs) i found that (laughs) quite interesting um, who do you think you would have hallucinated? <laughs> Me personally? Yeah. Ooh. I'd maybe say my little sister. I remember like raise, like helping my mom raise her as a baby and like seeing who she's become now. And yeah, I think she's a person that I would love to see with my hallucinations.
0: Alicia is like so um, a mile a minute. And, and I would say yes. that you are a uh, chiller for sure. <laughs> How do you prepare to speak so much so quickly?
9: I remember when I got through the audition and with the recall, um, Dean was just like, oh yeah, just say it a bit faster. And then I did it fast. And he's like, but say it even faster. And I was like, can I? Okay. And I remember doing that going, this feels so weird. Um, but then... Going to Serbia and meeting Dean and having that first interview, he pretty much told me that Alicia is a person that's working on a much faster like pace than everyone else. And getting into that was quite hard, but I think I found it as the you know episodes went on and I found who she was and found how she spoke. And yeah, I got into it. So it was easier towards the end. But at the beginning, I was just like, I would mumble over my words all the time and she says such technical words as well and trying to say them so quickly I was just like this is so hard <laughs> <laughs> I messed up a lot I'm very thankful that I had very patient actors to work with <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for joining us here at After the Arc the official after show for The Arc If you want to keep the conversation
1: going give us a follow on Instagram at After the
0: Until next time I'm Yel Teagle I'm Adrian Snow and we'll see you next week